Hey, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. I just want to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer today that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our three services on Sunday at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 12 p.m. We're located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information at sccview.net. Again, that's sccview.net. Thanks again for listening. I hope that you have a wonderful day. Well, it's exciting to me today because we're in a series called Wiser, Getting Wiser. How many of you know somebody that needs to get a little wiser? Let me just see, Ann. Okay, you know somebody. Well, you guys are not uh, biting today, are you? You're like, oh, no, it's me. Well, today we want to talk about that. And uh, matter of fact, we've been saying we're reading through the book of Proverbs as a church. And so if you want to know what, uh, you know, what chapter we're on, well, today's uh, chapter 8. And we're on, I mean, today's the October the 8th, and we're on chapter 8 in Proverbs. So we want to encourage you to read that with us. And so um, you can get started. And again, a chapter in the Bible is only like three to five minutes, not like your book report, okay? So remember that. Uh, read that with us. So again, we're in Proverbs. And again, the, uh, the wisest man that ever lived uh, wrote the book of Proverbs. His, his name was Solomon. And uh, matter, matter of fact, his dad was like King David. Remember David and Goliath? Well, actually, David grew up, became a king, and then when he died, his son Solomon became uh, also king. So today, as we talk about this, I want to just be honest with you. As I go to talk today, this is for me, okay? I struggle with the topic that we're going to talk about today. I just do. I, I'm going to be flat out honest with you. And the topic that we're going to talk about is this, is mastering my mouth. I hear the groans working across the auditorium. I, I struggle. I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, I, fly, I, I have a problem with this. So, what I'm gonna, so here's what I'm going to tell you. I'm reading Proverbs, and here's a study that I've done. I, I prepared an outline for you. It's to help me, okay? So if you get something out of this day, good for you, but this is for me. Because I struggle with it. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you know somebody that struggles with mastering their mouth? Let me see your hand, okay? All right, don't look to the right or left. You just look at me, all right? So today we're going to talk about it. In our country, in our culture, we love to talk. We love to talk. I read this, that the average man talks enough in one year to fill 66 books that are 800 pages apiece. Man, that's a lot of talking, isn't it? I also read this, that uh, the average guy speaks over 20,000 words a day. And that the average lady speaks maybe 2,000 words. I'm just seeing if you listen. No, 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 no. Take that up to 30,000, right? So the average lady actually speaks 30,000 words a day. So here's what I'm saying. We're, like in our culture, country, in our culture, we like, we like television talk shows. We like radio talk shows. And we like talking so much that every time that we get in our car, we whip out our cell phone and we see who we can call while we're driving. <laughs> oh, yes, that is so true. So in our country, needless to say, there's a lot more being said than is done, right? 
And so I want to share with you today from Proverbs about a topic that really is, I mean, really is going to help us. And I really believe today that, that you're going to get some things today that's going to be a game changer for you and a life changer. I really believe that. Look what the Bible says in Proverbs 13 and 3. He says this, those who control their wife, oh, you might want to circle that. Those who control their tongue will have a long life. life. Now, my parents helped me understand this a long time ago. When I was a kid growing up, my dad said, son, if you don't shut up, your mama brought you in this world, but I will take you out. Okay. And then the last part of this verse, look what happened, look what it says. Opening your mouth can ruin what? That's why on date night, I don't say nothing. <laughs> Me and Rhonda go out on a date, she said, you're so quiet. And I said, that's right. Good, I just nod. Yeah, that's right, what can I get for you? <laughs> Some of you, if you take that advice right there, you're going to go up. <laughs> so the Bible says that actually self-control is a lot to do with tongue control. Mm. Think about it. Self-control has to do with how we control our tongue. And so today I want to give you three things that I think will help you and me. Okay, so me. I want to say me and hopefully help you as I've studied and as we're studying the book of Proverbs. Again, this is the wisest man to ever live. And there is a lot that he said about the, uh, speaking. The first thing I want to share with you, I think you probably can already guess the fill-in, so I'll let you do it. Ready? Let's read it together. Ready? Think before you speak. speak. Yeah, that's right. Think before you speak. As we think before we speak, as, I, as you write that down, I want you to know there are three types of people sitting in this room right now. And you may have found yourself being one of those three, like right now you're this person, but you have been this person. And that is this. There's a person who thinks before they speak. There's a person who thinks while they're speaking. And then there's a person who only thinks after they speak. And I have been all three, okay? And so I want to tell you, you know, you, the person, you ever seen the person who thinks while they're speaking? It's like, they're saying something to you and all of a sudden it hits them what they said was stupid. You know what I'm saying? You've been, I've done that. Like, like, and so they just try to sort of turn the conversation right there. And then the other side of that is thinking after you speak, as you get home, you go, I cannot believe I said that. And usually Rhonda says, I can't believe you said it either. <laughs> she always tells me, she said, Jeff, you are, she says, if you would just cut your compliments off by one sentence, you'd be a great man. But oh no, you've got to say that one last thing that ruins everything you just tried to say. And so the Bible talks about what we should do. Look, at, look again in Proverbs 16. This is why you've got to read Proverbs with me. Look what it says. Let's just read what's underlined together. You ready? Come on. Intelligent people think before they speak. Intelligent people. So if you want to go up in, in everybody else's eyes, if you want to look smarter, if you want to be more intelligent, you know, there's a lot of people that I thought was intelligent until I listened to them. So if you just sit around and smile a little more, people go, man, that is a smart lady. That is a smart man right there. And then he goes on to say this. What they say, what they say is then more persuasive. So in other words, when you think about what you're going to say before you say it, your words begin to have a little more weight. They have a little more impact. 
people begin to listen. I can't remember the commercial that used to be around, but they say, you know, when this person spoke, everybody listened. Can you remember what that was? E.F. Yeah, Hutton, yeah. So you become that. When you speak, people will listen. Now, I would say this, that, you know, what our problem is, is that many times our mouth engages before our mind. You ever, you agree with that? That ever happened? Maybe it didn't happen to you, but somebody you know, you know. But I've had that happen to me, and one of the, I love watching the Family Feud uh, with Steve Harvey. I mean, he's just taking that up to a whole nother level, you know. And so, I, so that's what gets me on that show, that people just, they say stuff before they actually think. <laughs> Man, I have been guilty of stuff like that. Sometimes we engage our tongue before our mind. But again, going back to the scripture, Proverbs, look what Proverbs said again, Proverbs 18 and 20. Has tons of stuff to say. Let me just say this before I read the verse. Look at me. Remember, the name of this series is what? Wiser, right? So we got to get wiser. And so it's amazing to me how much he, the wisest man ever lived writes about what we say in the book of Proverbs. Because again, that mouth is going to get you in trouble. And so if you can just zip it, you get a little smarter, right? That's what I've been told, anyways. Okay, Proverbs 18 20. Here we go. You will have to live with the consequences, let's read the rest of it, you ready? Of everything you say. You know what people told me? People told me, talk is cheap. You ever heard that? Talk is cheap. I'm gonna tell you something, talk's not cheap. Because I found out that I pay for what I say. How about you? Oh, oh let me give you an example. You know, maybe your, your kids are, uh, you know, wanting to go to Walmart or go to Toys R Us or something, and they come up and you're busy, you know, and you're doing something, they come up and say, hey, hey, you know, take me to Walmart. And you go, and they say, you say, no, no, no. They say, Daddy, will you take me to Walmart later? You're like, yeah, and you just keep on going. You don't want to go to Walmart. You had no intention of going to Walmart. But you said to that child, they write it down. They can't even write, but they write that down. Oh, you said it. You know, you said it. 1 p.m. right here. We was going to Walmart. And so you have to pay for what you say. Talk is not cheap. And there's times that many of us have been into, went into uh, car dealerships. We went into even renew our cell phone. And we have come out with stuff that we said yes to that we wish we had not said yes to. And we're still paying for that, right? So talk is not cheap. It is not cheap. And so I want, to, I want to share this phrase with you. I've shared it with you before. I want to share it again because I think this is a process that we have to go through to think. And here it is. It's coming up on the screen. Look what it says. There's three words. There's three words. Let's read these words together. You ready? Pause, process, proceed. Let's do it again. You ready? Pause, process, and proceed. If you will put those three steps, and I, I shared this with you before. If you go to my laptop that I'm pretty much on every day, I have those words written right there so that I can be reminded every day that I've got to pause, process, and then proceed when it comes to speaking. If I don't, I'm going to say the wrong thing. And so, so will you. Okay, so words are not cheap. All right, so we've got to think before we speak. Number two, did you write this down? Always speak the truth. Whew. Always speak the truth. Proverbs deals a lot with dishonesty. He talks a lot about that. But there's, and even into an area of dishonesty that most of us will not admit. 
I want to go ahead and read this next verse, Proverbs 10 and 10, because it opens up a whole other area of dishonesty. Look what it says. Proverbs 10 and 10. Someone who holds back the what? Oh, what do they do? Causes. Someone who holds back the truth causes trouble. Now, see, we thought all the troublemakers were the loud, obnoxious people, right? I mean, they're the ones that's always blabbing. They're loud, you know. Nobody likes them. But that's not true. The Bible says the person who holds back the truth causes trouble. In other words, if you're holding back the truth, the Bible says you're a troublemaker. You're a troublemaker. Now, let me tell you what. Let me, let me just say this. All of us in our relationships want closeness, right? We just want to be close. We want to feel close. But here's what, I what I've come to understand over my years of living, and it's taken me a long time to get to this. And so I want to help you so you don't have to live as long as I have to get it. You can start being a little closer now. This is what I've understood, is that closeness, with, in order to have closeness, we have to have truth, right? You can never be close without truth. And here's what I want you to know. You can never have truth without conflict. Did you hear that? You can never be close in your relationships without truths. And so listen, if somebody's not telling the truth, you can never be close. And then you can never have truth without conflict because you're gonna have disagreements to get to the truth. Now, when our pastors around here are doing, uh, are gonna do someone's wedding, we're gonna do a, a wedding, perform a ceremony, we actually have that person come in and we'll sit down and talk with them way before we do the wedding ceremony. And it's always a little scary to me when I'm sitting down with a couple like that and uh, I sit down with them and I think, I don't know, sometimes I think couples come in and they're, they're afraid if they act like they got any issues at all, they're afraid I'm gonna say, oh, heck no, 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 forget it. Uh -uh. I don't know, they come in, they try to give me all the right answers, you know what I'm saying? And so sometimes they come in and I say, okay, well, you know, uh, how, how do you, how do you, uh, how do you argue or something? Oh, we don't argue. I'm like, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, we've never, we've never had an argument. We, we, no, we just get along perfectly. Then I'm like, ax, ax, ax. You're not getting, I'm not marrying, if you've never had conflict, I'm not, I'm not marrying you, why? Because somebody's lying in your relationship. Somebody's not speaking the truth. Somebody is shutting up and somebody's mowing over somebody. You are doomed to fail. So until you can learn how to fight right, get out of this office. I wish to God somebody would have said that to me. I'm telling you, I wish to God somebody would have said that to me. Because Jesus, Jesus teaches us this, listen, Look at, look at the next verse with me. In, in John, we see Jesus teaches this. In John 1 and 17, look what Jesus says. Jesus said this. Look, let's read the first part. You ready? For the law was given through who? It was given through Moses. Okay, in other words, that's the Ten Commandments we're talking about. Moses laid down the law. You, thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt have no other gods before our God. He laid down the law. I mean, he said, man, come here. Let me tell you something, boy. Laid down the law. But when Jesus come, remember we said that Jesus come to show us what God was really like? When Jesus came, look what the Bible says. When Jesus came, it says this. Grace and what? Came through who? Okay, what does that mean? That means that Jesus Christ, when he come, he had to, he had to tell the truth. But how did he do it? He did it gracefully. That means this, that Jesus Grace is this, is treating someone with undesired, undes, undeserved kindness. 
In other words, when Jesus died on the cross for us, wouldn't we say that's God's grace because he, he did something for us that we did not deserve? Would you agree with that? Okay, so Jesus taught us that grace, grace is giving undeserved kindness. Yes, you've been a jerk and you deserve me to be a jerk back to you, but because I'm going to give you grace, I'm going to not treat you the way you treated me. See what I'm talking about? That's grace. Here's truth. Truth is this. Truth is actually telling truthfully how you feel. That's truth. So Jesus comes and says, okay, I'm not going to dog on you. I'm not going to, I'm not going to come at you like you come at me. I'm going to give you some grace. I'm not going to treat you the way you deserve. In other words, that means I'm going to pick the right time to talk to you. I'm going to try to choose the right way to talk to you. Ladies, listen, let me tell you something. You go to try to talk to your husband when it's bedtime, it's over, baby. You're more mad. That joke is... I mean, you can tell it. You can tell him that, you know what, there's this horrible disease you've been diagnosed with. He's going to sleep. You can tell him one of your kids died. He's asleep. I mean, that's horrible, but that's, that's about the way it is. I mean, they just go to sleep. So you've got to pick the right time, right place, and the right way. And that's what Jesus said grace does. But then it tells the truth. And I want to share something with you right here. Oh, please, 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 please. Hear what I'm about to say. Remember we said closeness comes only with truth. And truth only comes through conflict. So we're going to have conflict. So here's our... Listen, if you get this, it can change everything. It took me 40 years to get this. There is a difference between... I don't like what you did, and I don't like you. Some of you in this room right now, that you can't handle conflict because when someone begins to tell you something negative that you did that they don't like, you take it as they don't like me. And so you can't handle rejection, so you just, you just keep keeping the truth back. And there's some of you that, that, are hold, that you need to say something to someone, a spouse, a child, a parent, or someone, a, a, an employer, an employee. You need to say something, but because, because you're afraid that they're going to feel like you don't like them, you won't say it. No, there is a difference between I don't like what you did and then I don't like you. You get it? You see what I'm talking about? Until Ron and I understood that, we couldn't move on. We couldn't move on. My grandmother told me that I didn't get it, but she told me. I remember when I, when I sort of processed, but when we were the little kids and, and my grandmother would keep my, my cousin and I, and, and there, there would be times that she would have to discipline us, you know? And sometimes she would say this. She would say, Jeff, I love you, but sometimes I don't like your ways. What was she doing? She was separating. She was separating me from what I had done. And so I'm telling you, this is a game changer. Listen, if you're an employer, this is a game changer. If you're an employee, this is a game changer. If you're a parent, this is a game changer. Because when you can, under, you can address something, it's what you did, not you. It's just like with our kids, you know, you got to say that. And so, listen, I can tell you there's many times that I have to have conversations with people, and I want to say this and, and say, hey, listen, I want you to know that what you did was not right. But just because of what you did does not rule you out and make you a, a horrible person. So it's not you. What you did is not you. And so let's talk about what you did because it's not about you. It's not personal. You get, are you, does that make any sense to you? I mean, are you, are you getting that? And so when you can take that, now let me just tell you something. You know, you, if you've been around here a long time or a while, you know that I talk about Ron and I's marriage very openly. 
And that I've told you that I've been, you know, 90% of the problem through the years. You know, I, I've taken, all, taken a lot of hits and, and just shared that. But one thing that Rhonda will tell you that she did in the first 10 years of our marriage that did not help us at all was this. She never told me how she felt. She would never speak the truth. She would never speak. The, now, me, blabbermouth, I'm like Moses. Lay down the law. You know, my mouth just run all the time. You know, blah, 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 like a machine gun. Some of you, are, some of you are, are, don't look to the right and left, but some of you are married to people like that right now. And because of that, you've closed up your mouth, and you're not telling the truth. Let me tell you something. There cannot be closeness without truth. And there will be no truth without conflict. And you cannot be afraid of conflict. And here's the deal. Is that the moment that Rhonda began to tell me how she felt. Then here's what I want you to know. I could change. I could address it. But I did not know until she told the truth. I did not know the truth. And I just assumed my own truth. And so when she did that, it was freeing. So here's what I want to tell you. Here's coming up on the screen. Look at what I want to say to you. Here it is. Let's just read this together. You ready? Revealing my feelings is the beginning of healing. You can never heal until you reveal how you feel. And there's a bunch of good people in this room. You don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but you've got to understand you are being dishonest. And the Bible says it causes trouble. And so today... I challenge you in the name of Jesus to begin to reveal how you feel. Now, that takes me to number three. Oh, let me give you the next step. Your next step on the back of your connection card is this. It says, I will do my best to speak with grace and what? And truth. I want you to check that box. Why? Because when you check that box, you're going to get a mental picture in your mind, and God's going to help you, remind you of that. Okay, number three. The third thing is this. So we said, first of all, we've got to speak to... Uh, we got to... Uh, uh, Think before we speak, always speak the truth. And number three is always speak words that heal, that heal. Look what the Bible says. Again, in Proverbs, a lot about this. This is what he says. He says this. Thoughtless words can wound as deeply as any sword. But will you read what's underlined with me? Come on, let's read it out loud. Here we go. But wisely spoken words can, can heal. I, what, do you, what comes your, you don't have to say it out loud, but what comes your mind when you think of healing? When you think of somebody getting, do you think of somebody maybe on their deathbed that you walk by and you know, you put your hand on them, you pray for them, they get up and they're better, they're healed, amen, that's great. But the Bible says there's a lot of people that are sick in their heart and they're hurting and you and I have the power with our words to bring healing to them we can heal them what's going on inside of them? every one of us sitting in this room every one of us sitting in this room has the power to heal or to hurt people with our words and here's what I'm telling you every one of us sitting in this room every one of us sitting in this room have been on the other side of that haven't we we've had people to hurt us with their words am I right am I the only one am I the only one you know, and then we've had, the, we've had people to heal us with our words, right? With their words, right? They've said things that made us better. And so all of us in this room have done that. Now, let me just say this before I move on. Have you ever heard somebody say this? You know what? Well, I just say what comes to my mind. I just tell them how I feel. I just tell them like it is. 
I, I don't put it with, I just tell them like it is. I just, I'm just straightforward. I'm just right on the point. I just tell it like it is. Well, let me just tell you something. This is not from Jeff, what I'm about to say. This is from the Bible, and this is this. If you have that attitude, the Bible says you are a fool. Because I have been a fool before. And I am trying thou us not to be as the fool anymore. <laughs> That's what it is. Because our words heal. Or they kill, right? Words heal or kill. So you get to choose. What are you going to do? And so you can't think that way. Because listen, it's not about you. That is the most selfish thing to do. Is you've got to think before you speak. I, um, I read a true story this week of a man by the name of John. John was in the hospital in a coma. He'd been in it for several months. His wife was there in the room with him. He, there was a friend in the room and a doctor walks in. And the doctor looks at John. He says, John? I mean, he looks at John's wife and says, John is never going to get better. John is going to be in his coma. He's never going to get better. You need to make some decisions. Wouldn't you like to have a doctor like that? Just come in, just rude. The doctor walks out of the room, and the friend steps over next to John, and he leans down to John's ear, and he says, John, I know you just heard what that doctor said. I know that you heard him say that you was never going to come out of this coma and you was never going to get better. John, I want you to know what he said is not true. That you will get better and that you're going to come out of this and you're going to get better. And as soon as he quit saying, as soon as he said that, tears went down John's eyes, laying there. In just a few weeks, John was out of that coma. And John told them that the turning point was that when he heard his friends say, you are going to get better, you will get well, was when he began to fight internally. Your words have the power to heal. Somebody around you is, maybe they're not in a coma state, but they've been comatose inside by somebody else's word, and God has called you to use your words to heal. Called and use them to heal. Look what the next verse says. Proverbs 12 and 25. Let's read this first five words together. I didn't underline it, but I think it's pretty uh, relevant to our lives. Let's read them together. You ready? Anxious hearts are very heavy. Don't you think that sort of describes our heart in our country right now? I mean, after what happened in Las Vegas, all of our hearts are heavy, aren't we? I mean, to say that people are on edge is an understatement of a lifetime. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, then we have these hurricanes that are just coming now. You know, we're like in a 12-year cycle, they say. And there's just one after another. And it's like, who's going to be affected next? And people are a wreck. They're a wreck. And so the Bible tells us what we can do. Look what it says. But a word of what? A word of encouragement does what? It does wonder. There's a guy in the Bible, his name was Barnabas. And his name literally meant the encouragement. You know, and I just want what a great, what, what, that would be something wonderful to have on your tombstone, wouldn't it? The encourager. 
Wouldn't that be great? I mean, wouldn't it be great when you see someone come and say, hey, there's the encourager right there. There she is. There he is. There they are. That's the encouragers right there. They're coming this way. Wouldn't you get excited? Instead of there comes that old big mouth. Look at that. There they come. Oh, God. There, here they come. You better get out of here. Let's go. But the encourager. You know, we know all about the Avengers, but we need to know about the encouragers. You guys don't watch movies, I guess. I'm sorry. I don't know. What a great thing to have on your tombstone, the encourager. But I'm going to tell you, that's not going to be on my tombstone. I've already told Rhonda what's going to I asked her to put this on mine, and that is this. I told you I was sick. <laughs> I, told you, I told you I didn't have a cold. I was sick. <laughs> Here's the secret. Encouraging people are encouraged people. Did you hear that? Encouraging people are encouraged people. So, listen, when, I, listen, when I'm struggling, and I get down at times, one of the things I have to do is I have to find somebody. I've got to go talk to some people, and I've got to encourage them. Because what I found out is when I lift other people up, I get lifted up too. And the same for you. Maybe you're struggling right now. Maybe, maybe you're at a low point in your life for some reason. I want to encourage you. Go find about 10 people and encourage them. Matter of fact, when you leave here today, man, go down to Kroger down here. Don't do any shopping. Just go up to somebody and say, that's a nice, that's a nice, well, I started to say nice dress you got on there, but uh, that might not be the right thing today. You might think you're coming on to them or something. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, figure it out. I can't, I'm just going to stop. See, that's that one thing right there. See, 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 I'm working on it. You see how I'm working on it? Because I stopped, right? I stopped. I guarantee I stopped. I just, God's help. The Holy Spirit's real. We, we sang it. Calm Holy Spirit. You just saw it right there. So I have a next step for you. And here it is. Look what it says. It says, I will do my best to use words that heal. Heal. Remember. Closeness only comes through truth. And truth comes only through conflict. But then the healing comes. Now, why, where does our words come from? The Bible says this in Matthew 12. Jesus again speaking here. Jesus, the Son of God, speaking. Look what he says. He says, For whatever's in your what? Determines what you... Whatever's in your heart determines what you say. Here's what I'm tell you. Many people have a toxic tongue because they have a tattered heart. Many people have a toxic tongue because they have a broken heart. Many people have a toxic tongue because they have a hurt heart. Many people have a toxic tongue because there's something on the inside of them that is broken and crushed. And without God's help, it's never going to get better. I love the promise that God made in this next part, in next verse. Ezekiel, this is God actually speaking to his people. Look what he says. And I will give you a what? I will give you new and right desires. And I will put a what? A new spirit within you. I will take out your what? 
stony heart, stony heart of sin. And God says this, and give you a new heart of what? Here's what I've discovered. Many of us sitting in this room have had someone damage our heart. Now, let me talk about our heart, okay? I'm not talking about your physical heart, okay? I'm not talking about the blood that's pumping right now. But the Bible talks the deepest part of your emotion, where your intellect comes together, where your feelings intersect. That part, the deepest part of your feelings and thinking is called your heart, your soul. Many of us in this room have had someone damage our soul, our heart. Here's what happened. Some of us in this room, someone, it might have been a parent, it might have been a priest, it might have been a principal, but somewhere a long time ago, someone did something or said something to you that scarred your heart. In other words, every time that you start thinking positive, every time you start going up, that, that thought comes up about what happened, what they said, what they did, whatever. It comes up. And that old stony heart pulls down all the good. And you can't get past it. There's some of you in this room, there's something happened. You did something. It could have been an abortion. It could have been maybe not what you did, but someone done to you. You were molested. You were raped. And it's like there's a stone stuck right there in your heart. Because you can't forgive yourself and you can't forgive that person. And you've tried it on your own, but I'm telling you today that only Jesus Christ can do that. You're looking at a man who's had to learn to get over a lot of stuff. And I'm telling you what, once you allow the Holy Spirit of God come in and give you a new spirit, it changes what comes out of your mouth. Some of you are so negative and it's just so down all the time. Why? Because there's something stuck. There's like a kidney stone that's stuck. It won't come loose. today Jesus is here he made an appointment with you today because he wants to move the stone you know he's pretty good at moving stones remember on Easter the Bible said the stone was rolled away and he got up out of that grave so he could move your stone the power that raised Jesus from the dead is here today to remove that stone now I want to tell you this before I pray for you if you're not a Christ follower, that is the first step. Without Jesus, you're stuck, buddy. You're stuck like Chuck. Jesus Christ is here to save you. And there's a prayer in our program that you can pray. You can read and lead you into prayer that you can become a Christ follower. I challenge you to do that. And I want you to pray. I want you to check it on the back of your connection card that you did it so we can pray for you. But look at the rest of you. Listen to me. You can be a Christian still have a wound that's very deep that you have not allowed, that you have not confessed. And here's what I want to tell you. A lot of people are, have a stone. You know why they have a stone? Because they've never. Remember we said about in the beginning, closeness comes through truth. 
and truth comes through conflict and some of you are so embarrassed you're so hurt that either you're so embarrassed about what happened to you that you don't even want to talk to God about it and until you talk to God about it he can't heal it and there's some of the things listen there's some things in your life that people did to you that you want God to still get them and so the only prayer you're praying is get them God and as long as you're praying get them God he can't set you free because that's not what he wants to do so today I'm challenging you in the name of Jesus Christ today that you can be free you know how you can be free is you say Jesus I need you to just come in and do what needs to be done. And here's what happened, God. And when we pray in just a moment, you've got to be truthful. You can't go around it. You can't act like it didn't happen. You can't act like it's not there. And when we pray in your mind, you've got to say, God, here it is. This is what happened. I give it to you. Come on, stand with me. We're going to do that right now. Come on, stand with me. Come on, let's do it right now. As I pray. You've got to, listen, don't tiptoe around it. You be gut level honest, no matter how ugly it is. You say it to God. Here it is, God, I give it to you. Ready? Father, right now, in the name of your son, Jesus, I come to you, Lord, because I love these people, God, and I believe they're good people, God, and I believe, oh, Lord, you want to set them free, and God, you want to move the stone out of the way today, and so, Lord, right now, there's people right now that are saying it, God, they're telling you the truth inside, they're admitting it, oh, Lord, it happened, it hurt, and it still hurts, oh, God, and today, right now, they're releasing unto you, and right now, in the name of Jesus, I ask you, you would set them free, roll the stone away. Roll the stone away. Lord, roll the stone away. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.